0: And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Tom Furtle with Stewardship and Mission of Faith. Today, you've heard of the Three Musketeers. Well, it's not the Three Musketeers, but the Three Toms are here. So I'm joined by Tom DeAngelis and Tom Terrace. How are we doing, Toms? Doing great, <laughs> Tom. All right, very good. Good to be with you all. If everyone would get their Bible, of course, we're going to... Um, Delve into the Word of God and uh, see how the Holy Spirit seeks to inspire us through God's words uh, today. Uh, But before we do that, uh, Tom DeAnders, would you open us up with a moment of prayer,
2: please? I would. One of my favorite prayers that I say every day is the Come Holy Spirit prayer. So why don't we open with that? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and and kindle in us the the fire of 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 your your love. love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created. And you shall renew renew the face of the the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of your faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tom. Tom Towers, would you do our Gospel reading for us here today?
3: Sure. Uh, This is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 51 through 61. When the days for Jesus' being taken up were fulfilled, he resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On the way they entered a Samaritan village to prepare for his reception there, but they would not welcome him, because the destination of his journey was Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? Jesus turned and rebuked them and they journeyed to another village. As they were proceeding on their journey, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. And to another he said, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. But he answered him, Let the dead bury their dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, "I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me say farewell to my family at home." To him, Jesus said, "No one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God." The gospel of the Lord. Praise,
1: Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Well, definitely a lot to a lot to delve into. The first thing that uh, that hit me. Uh, That I circled was um, it would not welcome him, and I think about uh, probably because I think in our modern culture today, it's I think it's less and less popular to be people of faith. Um, I think uh, people of faith are are less and less welcome um, in in many places uh, as individuals, even even our beliefs. Um, You know, we've I think we've chatted from that from time to time how. I mean, you look at us uh, when we were children and what was right and what was wrong and what was good and what was bad. And I think a lot of that's in our modern society has been turned upside down. Um, not even gray anymore, but actually mm-hmm. totally turned upside down, mm-hmm. where if you, for example, take the pro-life issue alone, if you you know support life, if you support you know the sanctity of life, it's it's, it's almost like that's the, that's a bad thing. that's a negative thing. Uh, and, if, and if you support abortion, um, you know, there's celebrations of abortion, and that's be proud of your abortion. And how have we gone <clears throat> Shout so far? Shout out, yeah. yeah, how have we gone so far where black is now white, and white is now black? Um, and as people of faith, uh, you know, there's definitely, um, you know, uh, I think more and more, uh, more and more assault. We are less and less welcome. And of course, the tricky part. Maybe maybe one of you guys can help uh, enlighten us on that. Is how do you navigate that? Um, how do you navigate that successfully and faithfully? To be, you know, in in this world, but but not of this world, and 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 navigate um, the assaults, not, like, navigate the attacks, while maintaining that Christian bearing and that love for all that we're called to do. Yeah. It's a pretty tall order.
2: I don't know. I think I've mentioned in one of these uh, programs before about you know the thing that you mentioned, Tom, about eventually black becomes white and white becomes black. In other words, good things are promoted. Uh, are, are not promoted anymore. They're actually discouraged. And bad things that you know were traditionally considered sins, like abortion and you know uh, homosexuality and things like that, are actually promoted as goods. It's it's instructive, I think, to uh, to learn from the Catechism that. And again, this isn't um, this isn't to pass judgment on people. This is just to say here's the reality of what's happening. And our church has known it for thousands of years. Is that when people commit mortal sin, they first they feel guilty about it because it's not right. You know, commit adultery, for example, and then don't, don't feel right about it. And then it becomes a second and a third time, and then you feel less guilty and less guilty. And we know that because we, we know that from, you know, even from venial sin. But at some point, it becomes uh, a relationship, perhaps, you know, with the, with the person. And then what you had before starts looking bad, and this becomes a good. And so... The freedom to be able to leave a spouse, uh, a, a legitimately married spouse, and you know, go off in an adulterous relationship starts looking like a good thing because it looks like freedom. It looks like the ability to find yourself. Or whatever, you know, there's all kind of cultural things that surround it, but in fact, that's the progression uh, that happens with mortal sin. And I think that's one of the things when you look at the culture and say, "How did DC?" You, know, you look over the last 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 40 years with, with Roe v. Wade. And you say, how did these things become good? They used to be bad. You know, it's a shame somebody had to have an abortion, but we used to at least have the freedom to do. It. You know, now it's like shout it from the rooftops. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's in your face. It's if you don't if you don't believe it, there's something wrong with you. And uh, I think that's just a progression of mortal sin. And again, that's not to pass judgment on people. That's just to say, look at the reality. Well, you know, what's the reality that's played out telling you is that we're not on the same page about what's right and wrong anymore because people have decided it's not about Freedom for excellence or f- freedom for the pursuit of the highest good in your life, freedom to find God in your life it's freedom to do whatever you want in a sense i 'm God, so I should be able to do whatever I want mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and I think that's that's the end you know that's why pride is considered to be the cardinal sin you know it's the sin of the sin of Satan is because that's where eventually it ends up you know it's that's i'm God, you know yeah. I decide there isn't a God. There's nothing after this life, so might as well do what makes you feel good now because someday it's gonna all be over and you'll have lost out, you know. And that's kind of the consequ the consequence of original sin, you know, mm-hmm. that we that that we can we can be saved from that, we can be redeemed from that and pulled out of the fire, but then we 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 find ourselves slipping back into it little by little, you know, and that's why we have The sacraments, you know, to stay strong, to stay healthy, to stay close to Christ, to uh, confess our sins and get back in a state of grace when we when we slide into things before they become before we become so committed to those things that they become goods. You know, I think
3: what you're saying is like um, it's so easy to then pass judgment on all these things so we mm -hmm. can look out and see all of that. Um, you know, and, and even in the in this gospel, when James and John said, "Do you want us to call fire <laughs> right, down and right, consume right. them?" You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. so we how easily, <laughs> them. yeah, how easily I could pass judgment on someone who's struggling with uh, homosexuality or something. I said yeah. that's completely wrong. You, yeah. you know, but no, I have to like look at that person with compassion and love and accept them as they are as a human being. I only have to look in the mirror at my own sins to say, "Who am I to look?" at? You know, or to make a judgment or to call out somebody, even someone who's blatantly, you know, with their finger in my face saying, you know, I'm right here. I could do whatever I want. Yeah. But, you know, so I, it just, it just points out to the um, unbelievable like mercy of God and how He. doesn't uh i'll leave all that up to him in other words (laughs) right right (laughs) take care of my my own sins right be be faithful first yeah Uh, yeah
1: i i know i wonder how much of today some of this the 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 slide in morality is due to you know things like shame and guilt you know and how those are bad things and we shouldn't feel that and so to to be free from that well if nothing's wrong then i have no guilt if, if every if you know and that's one way a, to, a, get right, is, is to get rid of guilt is get rid of guilt
2: get rid of everything that's wrong nothing, and then there, you don't have any guilt absolutely yeah. and
1: and and it's not there's not it's not wrong to say that guilt or shame could be problematic but they're not bad things inherently they just need to be dealt with and i, and I think about you know like as a dad i, I think about you know, there's times when, you know, the child misbehaves and they get grounded or punished or they lose their screens nowadays, whatever, yeah. you know, whatever technique. Yeah, um, and and and, and uh, if they get reprimanded or scolded, I mean they should feel a little, guilt is properly placed One, mm-hmm. I've done something wrong. I've hurt right. somebody. I've violated trust, you know, whatever it is. And I acknowledge that it's okay to feel guilty. Now, the part is, of course, as parents, what we don't want to do is just you know issue the punishment etc and then just let it fester see as a parent mm-hmm. right there's always that moment when okay they've done their you know they've done their pe- their their well their penance they've done their <laughs> their their punishment their time whatever and usually right ideally as a parent we have a conversation right we now heal the wound okay mm-hmm. you've 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 paid the price you've whatever and i i want as dad i want to help you understand why what you did was wrong or why you know and you have that mm-hmm. moment where you make everything okay. We're back in the fold now. You're my son, you're my daughter, I'm your dad, we're okay. We've dealt with you know, the shame or the guilt for what you've done wrong, mm-hmm. and now we move on in life. And the irony is that's the way it is in our spiritual life as well, right? right I mean, we, right. we go to confession, <laughs> yeah. we accept. But see, if those things are apart from someone's life, if there's no sacrament, if there's no plea of forgiveness, if there's no seeking the heavenly father, forgiveness, if there's no seeking Jesus and that mercy you talked about, Tom, then all you're left with is I have this ick, you know, this icky shame, this icky yeah. guilt, I
3: and mean, then we project and, it onto others, right?
1: And, and how do I get rid of it? Well, yeah. I'd make it go away by justifying the actions. Right. What I'm doing is
2: not wrong. Right. And we're very good at that. You yeah. Know, even people. So. Yeah. And I think I think it's it's peculiar too that you mentioned that because to the point that that uh, the other Tom <laughs> the other <time>. made <laughs> is. Uh, i was going to say tom but it, it's, yeah. the the is that you know we we project it when when we've eliminated it from our own life and it's not like there's nothing wrong there's no sin there's no it's easy for us to look around at other people who mm-hmm. aren't doing what we do or don't uh, subscribe to it like a- adultery is okay now you know right, you can right. you can get a divorce if you if you if you've had you know an extramarital affair you can get a no fault divorce and every, everything's fine you know and you don't have, and if you're you know, if you're not Catholic or you don't believe in that stuff or you've eliminated that from your life, then you don't even have to go to confession about it. But then you look around and you start now look at the things that, that people who have who've lost that kind of thing that they think are wrong now. Like like if you're in a in a, a situation like that, you think people that are stuck in an unhappy marriage, it's a horrible situation. But what about the sacrifice? You know, if you're at, if you're you're sick and you've been healed you think it's horrible that somebody has to has to suffer for ten years before they die, and yet look at the graces that you know we we completely miss the virtue on the other side that it, that we've thrown out with the vice, you know the 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 opposite of the thing, and and we start to look at those things as horrible, you know, instead of looking at and suffering is not a good thing. If it were, it wouldn't be a sacrifice. <laughs> right, you know? right? Like you can't. Just like Jesus says, if you love those who love you, what merit is there in that? You have to love your enemies. If you want to really demonstrate love, you have to love people in your family when they're irritating you, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the hard thing. and And to another point that uh, that you brought up Tom, <laughs> um, I think the the difficult thing that the tightrope that we walk now, and Pope Francis is on it all the time, is how do you show compassion and understanding and forgiveness to people? Uh, who who are in difficult situations or who are you know have been divorced and remarried and would love to go to communion, but they're not really in a state where they should be. And but how do you walk with them and show compassion without them? Because it always happens, uh, not I shouldn't say always, it happens many times that your behavior, either by the people who agree with them or the people who strongly disagree with them, think that you're you're um, in agreement with them. Because walking with somebody and showing compassion and understanding sometimes is taken as acceptance and not acceptance of the person, but acceptance of the fact that well, they're living in a gay lifestyle now. so that's so that must be okay for Tom. And they're living in a you know in a uh, uh, a marriage that's not legitimate, and they're going to communion and and Tom's open to that, so that's okay now. that's okay now. You know, he thinks it's okay, so I guess it's okay for me. So not only do we give, The wrong message to the people who are in that situation in that sinful situation, but we also give scandal to people who say, "Well, if a good guy like that, you know, he's a Eucharistic minister or he's a, you know, teaches REP and well-respected in the parish, and but he thinks it's okay because he's compassionate to them and he talks to them and everything. Well, he must accept it, therefore, I guess it's okay. So I can go to communion too, you know. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's the difficult thing is that how do we show compassion? you know, and acceptance of the person without then also making it look like we embrace the sin, you know, and that's, I think that's, that's that's probably one of the major challenges that we face in our church now. You know,
1: and that, that, that line, you know, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Now, again, I think on, on the surface, you know, people of faith and we hear that, you know, yeah, I will follow, but take it to our moral conversation. Mm -hmm. I will follow you wherever you go. Well, will I abide by moral teachings in my following of Jesus, right? right? They're, they're, yeah. That's a following, because we think in terms of, I will follow you, and if people will persecute right. me, whatever. No, will, I, will, you, will you change your life? Will you sacrifice? Will you, you know, um, uh, what was it? I think C.S. Lewis you know, made a comment about, what, what good is a faith that doesn't cause you to change? You know, it's not about finding a faith that is easy. Um, um, it, it's, it's about, you know, a relationship with Jesus Christ. And there are moral principles in that relationship, and God issued commandments. We know that. So when we say, I will follow, how, how far are we willing to take that? And especially, again, because even within the, you know, Christianity, Christianity in general, as you know, there, there's people who fight over what's right, what's wrong. Well, we have moral teachings, and, and abiding by moral teachings is part of following Jesus. We've, be, we've become this, this pop kind of, you know, well, it doesn't matter what I do, God loves me. Yes, that is a true statement, right? But all throughout Scripture, where do you see Jesus saying, "Go and sin no more." You don't do that. If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. You know, we forget that there is a moral code. Mm-hmm. And that moral code does not define, you know, a relationship in Jesus. That's a personal choice, you know, a grace-filled decision, but it gives a context of it. it's It's almost like, the evidence—it's—it's it's the living out of that relationship is an abiding, you know. Right. When you you love you love your wife, you know, Tom, and and, and that is acted out by actions, you know, mm-hmm. both by doing things that you should do and by not doing things that you shouldn't, shouldn't do. do. Those right. actions don't define a marriage, right. but they certainly right provide a context and give evidence to your commitment to the marriage. And right. so our commitment to Jesus comes with consequences. You know, it, it should change us. That's all throughout scripture again. And we're a new creation. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if, if there's no change in my life, no change in my desires, no change in what I do or don't do or say, and I call myself, you know, a person of faith, I think I'm missing something. Yeah. Absolutely, there should be change. So, you know, I think that's a point for, for everyone of faith. You know, will you follow wherever it goes, even if that means I've got to change? my point of view, my actions, my thoughts, um, and be deliberate about that following, and it's, which could take us down roads that we may not have thought we're going to go down. But that's right. the heart of the relationship. Lord, I will follow you wherever you go and wherever you lead me. And if that causes me to need to change parts of my life, I'm willing
3: to do that because of the relationship I have with you. Right. And I was thinking what what you were saying, Tom, like the challenge between being compassionate and possibly showing scandal. And it just makes Mm -hmm. me think of when Jesus was being called out by the Jews, like, look at him, he's sitting with sinners, you know, but he didn't, you know, he needed at that time, like you said, Tom, he was called down that road to be with those you know sinners to lead them back so it's almost like we almost not have to worry about what other people might think you know a possible scandal but mm-hmm. to walk with that person in whatever you know situation they find themselves in and even right. though it's might be viewed as being mm-hmm. you know sinful like oh were you hanging out with that person i'm just doing what jesus did right, <laughs> right. yeah
1: if no one goes to the sinners, who's going to go, right? Yeah. Who's going to reach out to the unreachable you know, or whatever? Yeah.
2: Well, and and that's that's the difficult thing, I think, uh, you know, because we we look back and even our even our teacher, even our master, you know, and our Lord, ran into that problem. So that's that's why I think it's it's a it's a big issue. But I think it's a bigger issue today only because we have a lot more of those subtleties than they than they had back then. But I think if you read this, if you read the Gospels you know with and you reflect on it you can see the dilemma that that the pharisees put in you know nobody ever takes a pharisee side you know the pharisees the sadducees the chief priests but they're trying to keep order in a in a culture now they're doing it very heavy heavy-handedly but at the same time they're why and this is one of the one of the things i think jesus says frequently we read it in john's gospel about blessed are those who are not scandalized in me because this this love this generous outpouring of love and acceptance and forgiveness that jesus brings to his, his life and he brings to other people looks like, it, you know, what we were just talking about earlier, it looks like making things too easy for people, you know? Like it used to be when you commit a sin, you had to live with it, you know? You had to wear a scarlet letter or you had a, you know, yeah sackcloth and ashes for years, you know, or something like that. But now he's coming along and saying you're forgiven and it's almost like you're making it too easy. And we have this dilemma too today on the flip side, which can... Confuses the issue for us because we have this generous God who forgives all and who wants to embrace all and bring all into, you know, into his into his, uh, his his life, and yet we have a culture that says that completely undermines love as sacrifice and says that love, if you love somebody, you'll make it easy for them. Like you should let mm. people die when they are you know, when they don't have any quality of life anymore. And it, it might only be six weeks, but they don't really have anything to look forward to. What if they live another 10 years and they're suffering all that time? Wouldn't it be more compassionate and more loving to allow them to make a decision to put themselves out of that misery? And yet the laws that we have, the rules that we have traditionally that have grown out of our faith are, they're not things to make us right or wrong. They're things to help us to love better. But they require that sacrifice. And the problem with sacrifice is, is it's painful. If it wasn't, it wouldn't be sacrifice. And so people conflate that with the you know, removal of that is actually love for them. You know, and we got a whole, you know, whole half of the world, a whole half of the culture, if you will, that thinks that love is not you know, asking people to step up and do the hard thing and sacrifice. It's re- eliminating the possibility for that just because it's not nice. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel good. It's not, you know, it's not what it's not what we think is the best thing to do. You know, mm-hmm. so so why do we have this stupid rule about if you if you divorce and remarry and you don't get an annulment, you can't go to communion? Why do you know? It's like that's the kind of question that they ask. Why why do we even have that stupid rule? Well, because you're not in a spiritual state, whether you recognize it or not. And if you've gone through that process, you probably don't recognize it. Um, I've known a few people who I respect, you know, extremely highly because they have gone to, they've continued to go to mass, knowing that they were in, a, in an illicit relationship, didn't get an annulment for some reason or another, and never went to communion. And I would see them in mass every week, every Sunday. They would go to mass, but they wouldn't go to communion, and I knew why. And I, some of them, I even talked to about it. You know, but that's a whole different thing from why don't you just make it easy for everybody? Wouldn't that be the more loving thing to do? But well, yeah, you got that on the one side where you're breaking the rules and making it easy for people to rationalize it. And then on the other side, you got Jesus come along and he's throwing forgiveness all over the place, like just kind yeah. of effusively, you know, and like, <laughs> right, but, right. but that's what God does. And so, you know, we, we kind of run into that, but it's not about, you know, forgiving is supposed to be a hard thing. It's not supposed to be an easy thing. It's not supposed to make it easy for the other person. It's supposed to call them back to life in the spirit, life mm-hmm. in, with God, yeah. and that's the that's the difficult thing. I think that people they they confuse the two things because they look so much like each other. You know, one what what is it? One looks like uh, the non poisonous snake, and the other one looks like the poisonous snake. But they both look similar. You know, mm-hmm. and so you get bit by one, the other one. You know takes you to heaven <laughs> and we get, you get them confused you know so
3: <laughs> yeah it's
1: uh what you're saying tom reminds me of the, the what comes up you know next is the the butts yeah you know, the butt, yeah. but but well i get that but you know, and I understand that, but, you know, I'll follow mm-hmm. Lord, but, you know, and, and I, and I think about like in my own life, you know, how many, how many butts do I put in the way? You know, what are, what are the butts that get in the way of, well, I, I could, I could go deeper, but, or I could be more faithful, but, or, you know, and, and, and we're, again, we're, we're a culture of, of putting obstacles up. You know, I, I do a, a parent talk and when I, t- I talk to parents, it's my first question I put up on the board. You know, I want my child to, and I put a blank that just takes some time to, Think about that and share that with your neighbors, you know, and, and you get answers like, I want my child to, you know, be happy, to be, you know, some will say, be holy. And then, of course, someone, of, of course, will always say, you know, go to heaven. I want them to be back with their father. Mm. And I'll say, that's the only answer. Yeah. And even then people go, well, yeah, but, yeah, yeah but. <laughs> and, and what they mean was, well, of course I meant that, yeah. but. And I say, like, but there's the question. Right. Is there a but? And that's the whole premise for that talk. Is there a but? Is there anything else? That you could say, well, okay, I get salvation, but
2: but I want it to be succe- worldly successful right. too. and and yeah. and
1: the answer is, and, and they don't have to be ex- you don't they don't have to be exclusive. You can be right. you know R- financially, right. you can be rich yeah. and and be and, and go, to, go heaven. to heaven. You can be you know success whatever that is. Um, but the thing is, none of those come first, and that for many people sometimes is is difficult to kind of grasp with. You know, what do I put first? You know, this is about giving all. Following our Lord is about following all. All throughout this passage, you know, it's 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 about that, and it kept hitting me. It, it's about what am I? What do I put in the way? What am I willing or not willing to sacrifice or to give up? You know, there 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 are no buts to get in the way. It, it's 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 total commitment, yeah. and um, again, all those things are great goals: to be happy, to be healthy, uh, healthy, and to be and to be successful. But the premise, as and again, that that's in the context of parent, because I might I go into what decisions Do we make for our kids that would get in the way, you know, you know? But they have to, you know, miss mass for that, you know, that yeah, the, that the tournament. tournament, or yeah. but they have to, you know, whatever whatever that is, you know. Uh, I want them to be able to go with their friends and hang out at that unsupervised, you know, party on a Friday night, you know, when they're thirteen, you know, like uh, yeah. I don't want my kid to be the. What are you willing to do right. to be? to help your child on that path to heaven, right? You know, that's, and that's the question. But we do put butts in the way. We put obstacles in the way. Um, and I think we, we we lose track of the prize. Our passage reminds us time and time again here, I think, um, about following and following faithfully, being that witness, reaching out to those who, who uh, may go astray, because Lord knows we go astray uh, our own. But it's about a singular focus on the person of Jesus and all that we do. Um, Again, we're not asked to be successful. We're not promised to be successful. We're asked to be faithful. We're asked to be holy, to be faithful followers of Christ, and take that last line to heart. Put our hand to the plow. Keep moving. Don't look left. Don't look right. Look behind. Keep our eyes on the cross and
0: follow Jesus every day. God bless you. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717 717- 367-01-00. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make reflections from the heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717 367 0100. 0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship A Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.